no matter if you're a religious believer or not, when coming face to face with a grand statue of a mighty deity, there is the sense of awe. Hi, welcome to a new episode of the Why We Love Dunhuang podcast. We have already described Cave 96, the significant nine-level building at Magao which houses the 35.5-metre-high statue of Buddha built in the early Tang Dynasty. That statue is the largest one in Dunhuang. Today, I will tell you where to find the second-largest Buddha in Dunhuang. If you still remember, the giant Buddha in Cave 96 is an open-cut statue, which means it was cut in from the cliff face. Such a giant statue would be easier to make that way than one concealed inside a cave. However, there is another colossal Buddha built completely inside a cave. Cave 130 hosts the second-largest Buddha statue in Dunhuang. This statue of the future Buddha is 26 metres high, seated with pendant legs and feet flat on the floor. It is also a stone-bodied clay stuccoed one, which means the outline of the statue is carved out from the sandstone and then the surface clay is applied and coloured. To distinguish it from its northern counterpart in Cave 96, this one has a more popular name, the Southern Giant Buddha. There is a little trick about this giant Buddha. When the ancient craftsmen built him, they intentionally enlarged the proportion of the head. The Buddha's head alone is 7 metres high. Compared with the total height of 26 metres, this seems out of proportion. But this odd ratio of large head and small body was actually done on purpose, because perspective would make the Buddha's head appear the right size to people looking up at it from ground level. This ingenious artistic treatment fully demonstrates the wisdom of ancient Chinese art craftsmen. Viewers from below can clearly see the facial expressions of the Buddha because his head is slightly bowed. He has a round face, straight nose and thick lips, all symbolizing a prosperous person. He is looking downward with eyes half-closed. His expression is solemn and kind. His shoulders are round and stout. His robe hangs in smooth loops with curving drapery folds. The lower part of his robe and his right hand, which poses a symbolic gesture of dispelling fear, were both restored about 300 years later. His left hand rests naturally on his left knee. The fingers look soft and delicate, and because of its elegance it is often called the most beautiful left hand in Dunhuang. Besides this giant future Buddha, Cave 130 is also well known for its huge area of murals. It has over 1,500 square metres of well-preserved wall paintings, and most of the figures depicted are huge in size. It is no exaggeration to say that Cave 130 is a kingdom of giants. More interestingly, we can find a fashion show going on here. Follow me to have a look. On top of the south and north walls are five apsaras, flying horizontally on clouds with trailing sashes. 
The Apsaras have elegant faces and slender bodies, and each is about two meters long, making them the largest Apsaras in the Mogao Caves. Below the Apsaras are two flanking bodhisattvas sitting on lotuses. Both are 15 meters tall, making them the largest bodhisattvas painted in Dunhuang. They are similar in shape, with a canopy hanging over their heads. Although they have turned black due to oxidation, the detailed depiction of their demure and elegant bearing is still distinct. They both wear a crown with a half-naked upper body. They have one hand on the chest and another on the knee, one leg sideways and another drooping. Their manners are solemn and generous. The highlight is on the corridor on the south wall, just like the center of a fashion runway. There are 12 people altogether. The main character is Lady Wong. She is standing in the front, followed by her two daughters and nine female attendants. The images of both Lady Wong and her two daughters are larger than life with a height of about two meters. The nine followers are maids, as indicated by their smaller sizes and overlapped images, as well as by the items they are carrying. The gradually diminishing size of the figures reflect the strict top-down hierarchy governing their relationship. This huge illustration of Lady Wong worshipping the Buddha, painted in the High Tang period, is one of the largest donor portraits in the Tang dynasty. So, who was this Lady Wong, and how do we know her name? Well, from the mural, we can find only Lady Wong and her two daughters have inscriptions beside them indicating their identities. Lady Wong was the wife of Dunhuang's local military commander and governor. Her husband was depicted on the opposite wall. This family was the main sponsor of the last stage of the cave's construction. Let's meet these modern ladies of the High Tang period. Their fashionable hairstyles, luxurious attire, as well as the articles carried in their hands all reflect the actual life of a wealthy family. Lady Wong is wearing a pomegranate red skirt. A shawl of very thin fabric drapes over her shoulders. Her hair is rolled up high on top of her head and adorned around with floral-shaped hair ornaments, hairpins and small combs. The daughter closest to her wears a green skirt. Her hair is also dressed in the same style. The other daughter, further away, wears a yellow skirt and a phoenix headpiece. Both young ladies are wearing multi-layers of silken shawls. The nine maids behind are in men's dress and their hairstyles vary with their age. They are holding various objects including flower bouquets, an offering bottle, a fan and a box holding objects for donation. The dresses of Lady Wong and her daughters are vibrantly coloured and lavishly decorated with floral roundels, thus looking both luxuriant and resplendent. All the ladies in the portrait have short eyebrows reshaped by drawing and lips tinted with vermilion rouge. The two daughters have red dots or floral-shaped decorations on their eyelids and cheeks. This picture takes you back to a warm and blooming spring day in the Tang dynasty more than 1300 years ago.
Lady Wong, wife of the local governor and an ardent supporter of the Mogao Grottoes, dresses up and visits the caves built by her family. The lady and her daughters are not only loyal Buddhist believers, but also on the cutting edge of fashion. The grand Buddhist ceremony is crowded with local people. For Lady Wong, who's attending this official event on behalf of her husband, this is the highlight and perhaps one of the most important events of her life. Surrounded by the public and melodious chanting, she and her two daughters are both pious and excited, but they still look serious. They are embarking on a grand performance, as if walking on the red carpet of a fashion show. The whole painting is a vivid depiction of the social life and fashion trends of the High Tang period. However, the original mural of Cave 130 was actually badly damaged. The colourful painting people find in various publications is a precious replica made by Dunhuang Academy's second dean, Mr. Duan Wenji, in 1955. The story of why he made such a duplicate is also interesting. Lady Wong's painting was done in the High Tang period, but was covered by murals painted in the later Sung dynasty. In 1908, the French sinologist Paul Pelliot visited Dunhuang, and according to his diaries, the Sung murals were still present in the cave at that time. However, as the caves were discovered by more and more people in the following years, the surface painting of the Sung dynasty mysteriously disappeared, revealing the earlier Tang painting underneath. After stripping off the outer protection layer, the original Tang dynasty painting was exposed to light and air, and quickly started to fade away. The images are very blurred now, though the embossed inscriptions are still legible. When Mr. Duan started working at the Dunhuang Magao Caves, he soon realized that this Tang mural was fading away, and to avoid it becoming completely lost, he must try to duplicate this mural as soon as possible. Remember, there was no AI or any other computer assistance at that time. Even though Mr. Duan was a successful artist and painter himself, he still spent five months doing all sorts of research and planning, and yet more months to actually duplicate, by hand, the original mural, and exactly match the size of 3.1 meters high and 3.4 meters wide. This replica became a landmark conservation work and is kept as a highlight of the collection of the Dunhuang Museum. Thanks to Mr. Duan's efforts, we can still see these plump Tang beauties walking towards us from the golden age of the Tang dynasty. Our visit to the Dunhuang Mugao Caves built in the High Tang period concludes with this grand fashion show. As China's Tang dynasty shifted from High Tang to Middle Tang, social instability and turmoil increased. In the next episode, we will meet the most beautiful woman of the Tang dynasty and the ethnic tribe who built their own kingdom in the larger Dunhuang area, leaving their unique marks in this, the world's largest Buddhist art gallery.
Special thanks go out to the Dunhuang Academy and Sang Lian Zhongdu for contributing to the content of this podcast. If you like the show, do give us a five-star rating or a review and share with your friends. I'm Graham Stevens. Stay tuned and see you next time.